right. Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. Wow, what a day we're going to have. I promise you that you are going to learn something very important today, which is financial freedom. Last month, I read the book, The Total Money Makeover by Mr. David Ramsey. And this book was phenomenal and for many reasons. So for those of you listening, you're probably in debt. You probably may not have a plan to get out of debt. And you're just hoping that you get a promotion or new job or win the lottery. And then all of your financial worries are to the wayside. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. So without a vision and without a plan, you're definitely going to be in trouble. So I highly recommend you get locked in, listen to this the best you can, because it taught me perils from the Bible and just discipline for how you can get out of debt, change your life and have the freedom that you've always wanted. So how I'm going to proceed with this is I'm going to go over the highlights of each chapter and then go over the seven steps to financial freedom. So here we go. In the introduction, Dave says, many years ago, I was given a calling to show people the truth about death and money and give them the hope and tools necessary to set themselves free financially. I have realized that if you change your money thing, you have to change your life. When you change your life, you'll get out of debt, give and invest at an unbelievable rate. I knew this book would inspire readers to take immediate action through a simple step-by-step process that can only lead to life-changing results. Hope the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not on, that it's not an oncoming train is a very powerful force. You're about to read about the process and a proven plan to win. You will find the plan to be very simple, yet very inspiring. The principles are not mine. I stole them from God and your grandmother. I love that line. So what he does is he helps people understand and act on time on truths about money that will truly change your life. Most of us know what to do. We just have less trouble doing it. This book is about life. I've already said that it's a personal fitness journey where it's 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. This book is a proven plan for financial fitness that my team and I have developed over several decades. And that plan includes addressing the spiritual issues surrounding money. The stuff I teach you is the truth. And those principles are responsible for changing lives. It is more than a what-to-do book. It's a how-to-do plan. This is a process book. We are aiming to carefully weave inspiration and information together in a step-by-step plan. For those of you who stuck the plan out and discovered a new life of financial freedom, their lives have been changed forever. Wouldn't you like to experience the same transformation? Jim Collins, one of America's greatest business writers, stated in the first stage of decline is hubris, which is excessive pride, mixed with a false notion of invincibility that would lead to the mighty takeover of a huge ridiculous risk. In our case, that would be borrowing lots of money, not saving any, 
because your job is stable. This hubris causes sleepiness and denial of risk. The analogy that he uses is just because you see a turkey flying in a tornado doesn't mean turkeys can fly. Just because you have some wild-eyed theory of investment, borrowing and living without cash reserves works in good times, but it doesn't mean you can survive a storm. Remember, your ways of handling money have to work in good times and in bad. Overspending that doesn't feel like overspending because things are going well is still overspending. I have met many children of the Great Depression who learn their lessons. Well, they are prosperous and take only carefully calculated risks. Chapter 1, The Total Money Makeover Challenge I didn't feel like some powerful adult. Instead, there is a little boy inside me who is afraid, very afraid of his monthly bills, afraid of this month's mortgage, and absolutely terrified when I consider the future. How was I to send my kids to college, retire, enjoy life, and not live on the edge of money worries? No matter how hard I worked, it seemed I couldn't win. I was to forever be a slave to some banker, to the government, and the needs of my family. When my wife and I talked about money, we ended up in a fight, leaving her feeling afraid, and me feeling inadequate. I wasn't afraid of hard work or sacrifice. That wasn't the problem. I didn't want to feel my way into being positive. I was positive for one thing. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of sitting down and do the bills and having heaviness come over me. Then I finally decided that this non-plan wasn't working. So after losing everything, I went on a quest to find out how money really works, how I couldn't get control of it, and how I could have confidence and handle it. I read everything I could get my hands on. I interviewed older, richer people, people who had money and kept it. That quest led me to a really, really uncomfortable place, which was my mirror. I came to realize that my money problems worries and shortages largely began and ended with the person in my mirror. Are you ready to take on the guy or girl in the mirror? If you are, you are ready to win. I rediscovered God's and grandma's simple way of handling money. Winning at money, again, 80% behavior, 20% knowledge. So what to do isn't the problem, doing it is. So my total money makeover begins with a challenge that challenges you. You are the problem with your money. The total money makeover plan isn't theory. It works every single time. It works because it's simple. It works because it gets to the heart of your money problems. You. Some losers pay a price and never win. And this is usually because they didn't have the benefit of a proven plan for financial fitness. This plan works but it will cost you. It will teach you to say new words like, no. In short, your total money makeover will be a personal money makeover. So where are you? Learn this model. If you live like no one else, later you live like no one else. My promise to you is this. 
If you will follow the guidelines of the proven system of sacrifice and discipline, you can get debt-free, begin saving, and give as you've never given before. You'll build wealth, and I also promise you that it is totally up to you. This system will not work unless you do, and then only to the degree of your intensity in implementing it. My financial life began turning around when I took responsibility for it. People all across America have easy steps to become free, regain a sense of confidence and control, and build a future for their families. Chapter 2, Denial I'm not that bad of shape. The first step to getting into shape was to realize I needed to change my ways. But the second and equally important step was to identify the obstacles to getting there. The sad thing is that you can be financially mediocre in this country, financially flabby, and still be average. And if the truth be known, being average, normal, and financially flabby is pretty much okay by most folks' standards. This, however, is not a book for the wimpy among us. This is a book about winning, about really having something. Change is painful, and few people have the courage to seek out change. Most people won't until the pain is and it exceeds the pain of change. I really like that chapter. Chapter 3, Debt Miss and that Debt is Not a Tool. Debt is so ingrained in our culture that most Americans cannot even envision a car without a payment, a house without a mortgage, a student loan without a loan, and a credit and a credit without a card. Just as slaves born into slavery, they can't visualize freedom. We Americans don't know what it would be like to wake up to no debt. Literally, billions of credit cards offers hit our mailboxes and inboxes every year and we're taking advantage of those offers. Americans currently have $900 billion of credit card debt. We can't do without debt, can we? It's pretty sad. But if we go back to the Bible, and in Proverbs 22.7, it states, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. I have found that if you look into the lives of the kind of people you want to be like, you will find common themes. Successful people who are wealthy are debt-free. When surveyed by Forbes, 75% of the 400 rich people said the best way to build wealth is to become and stay debt-free. The borrower is a slave to the lender, and you change the spiritual dynamic of relationships when you loan loved ones money. They're no longer a friend, an uncle, or a child. They are now your servant. According to Proverbs 17, 18, it's stupid to guarantee someone else's loan. That's so good. The silly marketing that American falls for has resulted in this. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have in order to impress people we don't like. Let that one sink in. For example... Taking on a car payment is one of the dumbest things people do to destroy their chance of building wealth. The car payment is most folks' largest payment, except for their mortgage, so it steals more money from their income and virtually anything else. So if you invested $495 per month from the age of 25 to 65, 
a normal working lifetime, and the average mutual fund averaging 12%, you would have $5,881,000 at the age of 65. I hope you like that new car every year. <laughs> if you had put that $495 in a cookie jar for just 10 months, you'd have about $5,000 for a cash car. I'm not suggesting you drive a $5,000 car your whole life, but if that's how you start with, that's where you start and it's a great way to start your plan for having financial freedom. Then if you wanted to, then you could save that same amount again and trade up to a $10,000 car for 10 months later. Will your broke relatives and friends make fun of your junk car while you do this? Sure they will, but that is a very good sign that you on the right track. If you insist on driving new cars with payments your whole life, you will literally blow a life's fortune on them. If you're willing to sacrifice for a while, you can have your life's fortune and drive literally quality cars. I'd be up for the million millionaire strategy. The typical car dealer makes their money in the finance office and the shop, not in the sales of new cars. For a new car loses 60% of its value in the first four years. So even if you get a 0% interest rate on financing a new car, pass it up because the whole transaction means basically throwing a $100 bill out of your window each week. The big question is, what do millionaires do? They don't get rich with free hats, brownie points, air miles, and other schemes of using someone else's money. What do broke people do? They use credit cards, an American Bankruptcy Institute study of bankruptcy filers reveal that 69% of the people say credit card debt caused their bankruptcy. So broke people use credit cards. Rich people don't. It's that simple. I rest my case. My dream is to get as many Americans as possible out of debt with a total money makeover. Unfortunately, I could sell 10 million books and there would be 7 billion credit card offers per year, so there is no danger of my working myself out of a job. The best way, best weight loss program in the world can never ensure that there will be no fat Americans. After all, they are too, there are too many McDonald's. Your largest wealth building asset is your income. When you tie it up to your income, you lose. When you invest your income, you become wealthy and you can do anything you want. Chapter four, money myths, the non-secrets of the rich. The myth in this chapter is rooted in basic problems. First is a risk, denial, and thinking of total safety as possible. The second is easy, wealth or looking for the magic key to open the treasure chest. The truth is, is that gold is a lousy investment and it only gains around 2% per year. In recent history, gold has a 50-year track record of about 4.4%. So, which is basically the same as inflation um, and just going about your saving accounts. Sadly, more than two-thirds of the life insurance policies sold today are cash value policies. A cash value policy is an insurance product that packages insurance and savings together. Do not invest your money in life insurance. The returns are horrible. Gambling represents a false hope and denial. Energy, thrift and diligence, or how wealth is built, not on dumb luck. So basically he's saying is, don't throw your money away. Do proven strategies and do not buy lottery tickets because you're just throwing your money away. 
He used John C. Maxwell, some of you may know, great entrepreneur and motivational speaker, written many, many books. He had this quote on budgeting. A budget is people telling their money where to go instead of wondering where it went. You have to make your money behave the way you want it to, and a written plan is the whip and chair for the money tamer. Think about that one. So you have to have a plan to write down where you want your money to go. So just start thinking about little strategies that you can apply now instead of just going paycheck to paycheck, just not knowing where money's going. So you can't have someone else's lose weight for you. You have to change your exercise and diet habits. Handling money is the same way. You have to change your behavior. Turning all your money problems over to someone else's treating a symptom, not the problem. I'm not against the enjoyment of money also. What I am against is spending money when you do not have money to begin with. Bankruptcy is listed in the top five life-altering negative events that we can go through, along with divorce, severe illness, disability, and the loss of a loved one. We teach people to carry cash and a culture where the sales clerk thinks you are a drug dealer if you pay with cash. I know this suggestion may seem weird. However, cash is powerful. If you carry cash, you spend less and you can't get and you can get bargains by flashing the cash. Cash enables you to say no to yourself. When the food envelope is getting low on cash, we eat leftovers instead of ordering pizza again. Estate planners tell us that 70% of Americans die without a will. Dumb. Really dumb. The state, known for its financial prowess, will decide what happens to your stuff, your kids, and your financial legacy. So Proverbs 13.22 states, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I am a pragmatist, so I don't understand all the fretting over a will. A will is a gift you leave your family or loved ones. It is a gift because it makes the management of your state very clear and light years easier. Chapter 5, More Hurdles, Ignorance, and Keeping Up with the Joneses. The point is, we must identify the enemy and the hurdles to winning. To set out to win a game and not acknowledge obstacles to the plan would be immature and unrealistic. Hurdle number one, ignorance. No one is born financially smart. We go to school to learn to earn. We earn and then I have no idea what to do with the money. According to the Census Bureau, the average family in America makes right around $50,000. Even if they were never getting a raise, the average family will make over $2 million in a working lifetime. And we teach nothing about how to manage this money in most high schools and colleges. We graduate from school, go into the world, and get a financial master's degree in dumb. Overcoming ignorance is easy. First, with no shame. Admit that you are not a financial expert because you're not, because you never taught it, most likely. Second, finish this book. Third, go on a lifetime quest to learn more about money. So hurdle number two is keeping up with the Joneses. Dr. Tom Stanley wrote a wonderful book in the 1990s that you should read titled The Millionaire Next Door. His book is a study of Americans who are millionaires. Remember, if you want to be thin and muscular, you should study the habits of thin and muscular people. If you want to be rich, you should study the habits and value systems of the rich. 
In the study of millionaires, Stanley discovered that their habits and value systems were not what most people thought. When we think of millionaires, we think of big houses, new cars, and really nice clothes. Stanley found that most millionaires don't have those things. He found typical millionaires live in a middle-class home, drive a two-year-old car or a paid-for car, and they buy blue jeans at Walmart. In short, Stanley found that the typical millionaire found infinitely more motivation from the goal of financial security than from what friends and family members thought of them. And we have learned not to place so much emphasis on our competition in the course. We have permanently quit keeping up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. Take a look back where we started. The climb will be hard, but will be near impossible if you're still willing to struggle with any obstacles, if you're still hanging in the mess, denial, or any other obstacles. On this mountain climb, you will feel as if you had bricks in your back pocket. If you're going to listen to this seasoned guy who has personally made the claim alone and then to return tens of thousands on this path, then your climb will be a peril. So why not climb? The only other path is to fall off the normal people who are broke. That isn't a path. It is a well-beaten interstate highway. Most people drive around it and occasionally glance at the mountain. We will climb. But when they see how tough the obstacle course is just to get to the bottom, those sad souls quit before they even began. If you want to be in a different place, you must believe and do things differently. I've been to the top of the Total Money Makeover Mountain, and I've led countless others there. I say, it's worth the effort. So lace up your shoes of resolve, waving goodbye to your normal friends, and let's climb. So the next chapters, he goes into the, the seven steps. I'm going to summarize each step um, very orderly, chronologically, so you can have a good basis of how to follow the Dave Ramsey plan. So here we go. The seven baby steps will show you how to save for emergencies, pay off all your debt for good, and build wealth. It's not a fairy tale. It works every single time. So step one. Save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. In this first step, your goal is to save $1,000 as fast as you can. Your emergency fund will cover those unexpected life events that you can't plan for, and there are plenty of them. You don't want to dig a deeper hole when you're trying to work out of your way out of debt. So while doing this, you need to create a budget. Step two, pay off all debt except your house using the debt snowball. Next is time to pay off the cars, the credit cards, and the student loans. Start by listing all of your debts except for your mortgage. Put them in order by balance from smallest to largest, regardless of your interest rate. Pay minimum payments on everything but the little one. Attack that one with a vengeance. Once it's gone, take that payment and put it toward the second smallest debt, making minimum payments to the rest. That's what's called the debt snowball method, and you'll use it to knock out your debt one by one. So step three, this is once your debt is paid off. Save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. So you've paid off your debt now. Don't slow down. Take that money you were throwing at your debt and build a fully funded emergency fund that covers three to six months of your expenses. This will protect you against life's bigger surprises, like the loss of a job or your car breaking down without slipping back into debt. 
Step four, invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Now you can shift your focus off debts and what ifs and start looking up the road. This is where you begin regularly investing 15% of your gross income for retirement. Because if you're still working at 67, it should be because you want to, not because you have to. An investment pro can help you build a solid strategy. Step five, save for your children's college fund. By this step, you've paid off all your debts except for your house and started saving for retirement. Next, it's time to save for your child's college expenses. That is, if they pass Algebra 2 in chemistry. We recommend a 529 College Saving Plans, or ESA, Education Saving Account. Step six, pay off your home early. Now, let's bring it all home, baby. So step six is the big dog. Your mortgage is the one thing between you and complete freedom from debt. Can you imagine your life with no house payment? Any extra money you can put toward your mortgage could save you tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest. And step seven, build wealth and give. You know what people do with no debt that anyone else can't do? Anything they want. The last step is the most fun. You can live and give like nobody else. Keep building wealth and become outrageously generous, all while leaving an inheritance for your kids and their kids. Now that's what we call leaving a legacy. Whew, if you made it through that, I tell you what, so many golden nuggets from Mr. David Ramsey. I know he's, he has a podcast, he's written many other books, but I really like the fact that if I liked, he, he came at this book in an approach of fitness, which I love, right? So I track all my fitness day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And I'll be honest, I don't do that with my finances. So what I've done was I recently downloaded an app um, called, I think it's Rocket Pay. And it, what it does is it takes all my accounts, um, you know, checking savings, my wife and I, and also any credit cards that you have. And it puts, puts them all together. So you can see how much you're spending per month. So this is the tracking system. So I would recommend um, either to do two different things. One, either physically write down your your income per month and then also write down what your expenses are per month and then figure out how much you can save literally to build that emergency fund and then have a plan of attack against debt. Now, I, I'm not perfect at this and I, I'm not an expert, but I will tell you this. My goal has always been to be a millionaire by 45 I got, well, less than a little over four years to do that. And I believe it's possible because with the income my wife and I make, and we put it towards our debt, uh, our mortgage, we have nine years left on it and we pay $200 extra on principal each month. So to lower that cost. And we both have, um, we both have saving plans for our teacher system. And also um, we have like Roth IRAs. We also have 529s for our kids. But with all that said, you know, we need to do a better job of tracking. So to sum, to summarize Dave Ramsey and his seven baby steps and also the, the theory behind it, but not theory, the, the practicality of it is that we need to, as Americans, quit playing the game of keeping up with the Joneses, but instead 
live like we were in the Great Depression and tracking everything and, and just living minimalistic so that we can build our wealth, have no debt, and, and live a life of freedom. And hopefully by 50 years old or younger, where you can do what you want. You can spend money where you want. You can give to those charities and not have to worry about your savings account being drained. So I would highly recommend reading this book. I highly recommend going to DaveRamsey.com, listening to his podcast. And if it's not Dave Ramsey, then listen to other people. Um, It's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, another great book. Just get your hands on materials to make you be very aware of your financial spending and how you can build wealth by simple steps. It just comes down to discipline and execution. So I really hope you enjoyed this book review. Uh, I really am, I'm going to be honest, it holds me accountable to doing these once a month. And I really hope that the John Gardena classroom educates you to become the better person that God intended you to be. God bless. And this class is dismissed.